Welcome to the Acoustic Shop Knows Things. <gasn't> it's a supplemental podcast, <gasps> guys. Isn't that exciting? So we're not going to talk to people? We're not going to talk to anybody today. We're talking to each other about things Should that we... We're, we're experts on things. We, just we like, consider the title and just make it like the Acoustic Shop Knows People and Things? No. Person we don't want to confuse people. We know people, but we also know things. Just like your uh, uncle who listens to Sean Hannity every day, we're experts at everything. <laughs> so we're going to talk about things. What are we talking about today, Jeremy? Um, you just put me on the spot. I think we're going to talk about uh, conventions. Are they worth it? Should you attend? Is it worth it for the people putting on the convention? And is it worth it as a person attending a, a convention? Yeah, this is a pretty appropriate conversation. We've been doing a lot of, con- of conventions for our industries, not only music industries, but the retail industry. And there is a weird consensus out there that that uh, conventions and showcasing your products is a thing of the past. Uh, I beg to differ with that whole idea, and I guess that's what we're going to talk well, about. Well, do you today. beg to differ that that they are a thing of the past, or that the opinion out there is that they're dead? I'm gonna go with I think the opinion that they're dead is wrong, and also that conventions are a thing. I think both of those are the same answer. Well, what I stated was the <laughs> fact that people think they're dead. Not we're discussing that sure. here coming up. I, yes, I am more confused now than I've ever been in my life. <laughs> Let's start the podcast. Let's state it to Jeremy. Are conventions a dead thing? Let's find out. Take me away, cause I can be the way. Let somebody All right, guys. I think this is an interesting twist on things. We know people, and sometimes we knows things. And the acoustic shop <laughs> knows things. We're going to talk about conventions. That's a very important subject. But before we do that, Jason, uh, how are you doing? I'm okay. You, you look I a little mean, tired. You're sleepy. Since the last podcast, I've had twins. I mean, so it's I'm only very sleepy. It's only noon right now, so I guess I understand you're still I waking the, up. I know the last podcast was a week ago uh, <laughs> to you folks out there, but. Actually, it's been a few months. We uh, ran a few pilot episodes before we got into this new format. And uh, I'm tired. Five kids? Who would have thunk it? John's got five <laughs> John's kids got now, five kids. Yeah. Hey, I would have thunk it, actually. I guess that's the, the deal. So, yes. yes, I have come to the conclusion that teenagers suck. Oh, and, no. Uh, she might be listening. Uh, she knows. She's not going to listen to you. She knows. I'd, I'd like to take this opportunity to make an announcement. I know you guys each have five kids. Uh, something pretty special is going on with me and Shaylin. We're not having any more kids. You give away one. <laughs> I'd like, I'd like to figure that announcement. out. Is where, there a way to like where's uh, that do drop an exchange? Off? I'd like a, a kid exchange I'm, system. I'm kinda, it's kind of mean to do to like a five-year-old. And he's kind of figured out that it's not real. But for a while, I kept telling Avery we're going to the Avery store. I'm going to trade him in for a different Avery. And he'd get very mad at me. <laughs> and then you're Avery, we're going to get a new out. Avery. Uh, we've learned a lot with you that we think we can do better <laughs> with a new one. So we're going to go trade you for another he's Avery. He's going to drop you in the first home when you're old. <laughs> He's never going to call you. <laughs> He's got over because like, of that. Yeah, there's no Avery store. Uh, no, there's definitely not another Avery out there to buy. <laughs> None that I would trade for. Anyway, uh, I think things are going well, though, in our world. We see each other every day, so there's no real news that no we news. don't know. No. Uh, the the, uh, the economy of the acoustic shop's going strong. Things are growing. Uh, and one of the reasons we picked this subject matter as our first acoustic shop knows things 
is we got a number of conventions we're going to be attending this year. Yeah. Conventions and festivals. Is this events. A, do, so I know we're events. covering uh, conventions. Is this just conventions or just overall events? Well, in this this instance, is more professional professional marketing opportunities. Maybe you could put but, it. But there is. We can also discuss the opportunities of events and all that and festivals. This is also an argument that people have. Festivals are dead. Only the largest survive these days, which is a. It's a thing that we've seen coming for a long time, but it's also not a thing. There's a lot of new events coming up. And can I can I break this as a theory here officially right Please now? Please do, Joe. Since we're going to go in this uh, world. Can we talk about evolution? Evolution is a thing. And basically, I'm not talking about creation versus evolution. This is we're into a different <laughs> podcast market. <laughs> but I, I think Change. in the end, that's what this is all about is the evolution of industry in general. Uh, we can talk about this, whether we talk about sales, whether we talk about businesses, all this stuff. It is in an ever-changing, especially right now, in these 2020s uh, era that we are in right now, everything is changing. There's I bet they've no said that throughout it. time, especially now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's been no time true. more like the present that you've got to be ready for change. Now, I th- let's go back a few steps. Okay, talking about industry-specific conventions – we have always been on the side of, yes, these are very valuable. Mm-hmm. We get a ton out of them, but we also approach them different. I remember when we used to go to IBMA as a band. By the way, IBMA, International Bluegrass Music Association, has a convention every single year. Sorry. It used, to be, Bluegrass. used to be in uh, Louisville, Kentucky when we first attended, and we decided, hey, if we're going to go out there, we got a showcase spot. We're going to showcase in all the rooms. We booked ourselves as many uh, showcases as we possibly could. But we also set up a booth. And when we did a booth, we did it above, like most people get a booth and you got the drapes already provided by the convention center. And then they just set up a table with some pamphlets or something on it. Yeah. We always went a little above and beyond and really. Set dressing. That's what we did. It's there to get attention, right? You're you're there to try to get attention and people attending the event want to see something other than your table with a tablecloth on it and a, hey, take a free uh, mint. A lot of people were like excited. Hey, we got a jar of mints at our table if you guys. (laughs) Come by. That is a pretty big deal, so, though. Honestly, uh, who does not go to a convention and expect free candy? But it's become both the, your points, baked though. into the cake. <laughs> to both your points, though, John's evolution comment and also your uh, what the people expect, I always found, and I don't know if that's because we came in at a different generation of these conventions, but we came in to a completely different uh, focus of it. We expect one thing out of it that, that people don't, uh, the other people aren't expecting. Um, a lot of the bands that went to IBMA, and also this spills into NAM uh, for the the people that the the By manufacturers. The way, NAM, the National Association of Music Merchants. Thank you, John. Um, John the manufacturers also that 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 go to NAM, and also the dealers go to NAM. Manufacturer, a person who builds things. <laughs> go ahead, thank you. And retailer, the person who sells the things built. Thank you. They they go into expecting a direct return. Yeah. Um, and that was the, my my <laughs> argument has always been. Direct marketing return versus your uh, awareness, awareness yeah. com- content, brand awareness. We were always of the fact that we will put all our efforts and money into things that create awareness because that's a overall helps every thing. I mean, it's been so successful for us as a band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. But th- that was but the it, argument. It was at those festivals. Like uh, at IBMA, we would do that. And you'd have all the other bands. Boy, you guys went way out on this one, didn't you? Boy, you put a lot of effort into this. We don't get it. We have, have you ever got a booking out of the festival? And, and, you know, we would actually leave there with quite a few leads, quite a few bookings, but fans would love it. Uh, we ended up getting some endorsements. I remember the first time we showed up, 
We did recently get endorsed by GHS at that time, but they had set up a booth across the hall. They came over and said, man, you guys are representing GHS better than we are. And we've had like the best relationship with Ben Cole when he was with GHS ever since that because we put in that extra effort. But we leave those events going, man, we got so much out of IBMA. And all the other banders are like, that, that, thing, that whole organization's a ripoff. It's, not, it's a waste yeah, of time. They didn't do anything for me this week. Yeah. And they would just show up and expect, hey, you put on a convention. I showed up. Where's my, my opportunities? Where's my growth? Yeah, and I think that, that's that disconnect that they always have is there's, they don't see it as a showing, a showcasing, a show. You got to put on a show at those events to be aware or to be in the awareness, the consciousness. And that goes to also the NAM, the NAM argument now. The NAM argument after post-COVID is NAM's dead. We have no reason. We don't do any POs. We're already, we go selling, to NAM. We're already selling more than we need. Why show up? Well, there's an awareness. Look at uh, events like CES, um, the large retailer, you know, the large giant conventions, electronic shows, and all those. Comic-Con. I mean, they don't even, they don't sell any, they're not allowed to sell anything there. They're not allowed to sell anything at NAM either, but they're not creating POs there or anything. It's, it's about showcasing your product, putting you at the top of mind. Yeah. Front of mind, top of the list. That's where it comes in. What I was talking about evolution, the change. Um, and I agree that that was, that's what this industry, and I want to use NAM probably as my first specific, and honestly, this That's, will spill into every every one of these conventions. Um, but NAM, when we first got into this industry, actually before we did, before we were in a music store, we came to NAM, and it was a, as a guest artist. We came as a guest artist, and it was this like world of wonder. We came in there, we got to see things that we'd never seen before, products that we would never be able to see, and then we saw those manufacturers and made connections and did all that kind of deal. Now, the industry itself, like retailers, business owners uh, that were doing this, saw this as what they thought NAM was about, and it probably was. And we saw it even at the very beginning of us as a store that they did. These manufacturers would put this out, and the end user for that convention was the retailers that were coming to that convention. That was who they were marketing to. That was you know how they did it. And their goal was purchase orders and... You know, tell them about this. This is what I expect Let's you guys... Let's plan your purchases for this year. For this year. This is going to be the product. This is what I think you guys should have. Blah, blah, blah. And let's build purchase orders. These are the specials we're giving you and all that. And and again, this is where I think this has all evolved. And I think it's to the, to the betterment of the consumer. Is I think this now has to be marketed for an opportunity for manufacturers to actually sell to the end users. As much as we all, as retailers, want to pretend that we have the power and we're we're there. The fact is, it has been taken completely out of our hands and is now consumer-driven. The 2023, 22, 20, all the way back into probably 2017, I would probably say for sure, has been a world where the consumer now gets to determine what they want, who they want to buy it from, not they, just... They've already done local. more research than most... Most retailers have anyway when they go to buy. Absolutely. And and now the consumer knows what they want to get and how they want to get it. And 2020 totally changed that whole world because now every single person who was adverse to buying over the Internet has now had a taste of it and was forced to do it to some degree. You know this. Our father, 
uh, sat home while COVID was going on and had no choice but to experience the Amazon uh, mail order and Walmart, uh, you know, coming and buying your groceries and delivery and pickups and all the, you know, curbside pickup, everything that most of that consumer has, you know, tried to stay away from them. Uh, you know, we know that younger people tend to kind of adopt this stuff a lot easier than people who have established a, a style of buying. And now all of a sudden they're used to that and it wasn't so bad. You know, some of them went, so a lot of people went, you know what, this is great. I don't have to deal with a, a salesman that tells me what I think I need to buy. I get to deal with what I knew I already wanted to buy and the return process wasn't so bad. So now consumers really have the ball in their court. They get to do what they want. So I think that brings me to what I think is a Please evolved. get to your point. Yes, my point now is uh, these shows now need to completely uh, change their idea. It's not to the retailers that they're trying to sell to. They're now trying to sell to the consumer. Yeah. Hey, can I disagree with everything you just said Good, and just it. dismiss it uh, offhand? Um, what it, it can be, and I'm really serious about that. I think all, you, you have good points there. I don't think it has to completely re-engineer uh, conventions. No. Always, these conventions, the most successful ones, are multifaceted. Somebody attending it should be able to get something out of it in multiple ways. And I think the the people that are dismissing them aren't seeing all the multifacets. Like, uh, I give kudos to Nam as a business. Our business would not be anywhere near where it's at right now if we hadn't attended our first Nam, and we had other music stores that have been in, in business for twenty, thirty sure. years saying, "Why would you go to that? It's a waste of money. It just costs so much money." We went there. First thing, it opens your eyes to the size and scope of the industry. Like, you don't realize how big the music retail industry is until you attend a NAMM show. And the same thing for CES or, or Comic-Con or any of those. Just the size and scope of the industry, it's eye-opening. It's like going to another country and realizing, hey, there's other people around the world that speak a different language and have a different culture. It's eye-opening. Then the educational summits were so great for, and NAMM does a great job. They got them for the musician. They've got them for the music retailer. They've got them for uh, lessons, lesson programs. They've got education summit or things going every half hour. The entire time is there. If you're a retailer, meeting vendors, that is so important. Like the relationships we've sure. built with yeah. Eastman and Bedell and, and Breedlove, uh, all the, like McPherson, all those happened from those face-to-face -face meetings we had at NAM, and then the after dinners that we go out and become friends. And those relationships have helped us so much when a new product would come out. We can just call those guys up and it's a friendly conversation rather than just hoping to reach a rep that you've, you've never met before. And then, again, the next phase of it, I think, maybe the new addition to this now is turn this into let's not launch our products to the retailers. Let's get the hype growing amongst the consumers. Invite them into the show. Show them, hey, maybe a Saturday is the consumer day. And they just do these big presentations like they do at CES where they have uh, you know, when Apple's going to release a product and they invite everybody in the auditorium and they have flash and bang and they have dancers and they have uh, a spectacle to announce the new iPhone. So your argument then is literally what Jason said a second ago about the idea that a direct uh, result is not what these people should be expecting when doing these conventions. I think, you know, a direct result of paid sales and, and automatic purchase orders and all that kind of stuff is not necessarily should be the goal. Yeah. It's more conventions really need to be existent in relationships. And, and that's with the consumer. That's with the retailers. That's with whoever it is. That's all part of that industry. 
conventions really, I guess, and that's really what it probably I'd like to take um, both your points and say you're both wrong. Okay. Or dismiss both your points. <laughs> no, I, what I think Jeremy's saying, and we all agree upon this, I think the, the expectation needs to change. I think on all sides, oh, yeah. like if you're attending it, if you're hosting it, everything you're, you're talking about that you booth. gain from NAM and all these other events, IBMA is a marketing tool. These are all marketing tools. We, uh, we help, we help market their products as a retailer. Says the head of our marketing department. Well, it is a marketing tool. <laughs> I mean, the relationships are a marketing tool. They, they need to use, they need to understand that creating relationships with their frontline, the retailers is important because they're marketing their materials now. Um, that goes to John's point of the market changing. It used to be the experts were the retailers locally. Now the retailers and the experts are everywhere. So you need to create those relationships and create that content and show off your brand and show off your wares to everybody there, including the retailer, the sure. end user, your competition. It all needs to be a show. And that, that was my point. These conventions are to brag, to show what you have to be the new coolest thing. And that's what you come to. And that goes back to the same argument of bands at IBMA or or bands at festivals. You're there to accomplish one thing, to be in front of everything, to be a front of mind. And I think what the problem has become is the, there's a disconnect between the, the people that put on the event, the people that are showing off at the event and the people that come to the event, the people coming to the event expect something the people at the event expect something and NAM or the IBM or any of those businesses expect another thing. And they expect, I don't know what they expect. They don't get much out of it, but <laughs> I think um, you, you get as much out of it as you put into it on all sides. Like at IBM, again, there's tons of booths set up there. Most of them show up and it's just, we've got our table that's already provided by the uh, convention center. It's got a drape around it. And it's got a drape over the table. We're just going to set our things on top of the table and use the sign that they put up behind us that just says our booth space and the name of our company. And then we went there and went extreme. We had a giant stage with a, a 20 by 10 foot tall backdrop to, to have performers and video and live stream from it. We had a booth set up that was, it held, I think, 100 guitars it could hold. And we, we just set up almost our own music store there and took up a almost a 100 square foot, more than 100 square foot, of a lot more than 100 square. It was a 40 by 60 and then another 20 by 10 uh, along the other wall. So just a huge footprint of that. And yes, there was a lot of effort into building that set, uh, bringing all that stuff all the way to North Carolina. But the amount of buzz and attention it brought the store and the amount of sales that it uh, attributed to at the show was just, you know, invaluable. And if you consistently keep that up and put that much effort into it, the same thing if you're a band showing up and you book as many high-profile showcases as you can, and just be seen, I think they're absolutely worth it. Yeah. Great and then experience. you get tired and don't want to do it ever again. And until next year. Until next until year. Next year. <laughs> the Acoustic Shop Knows People is brought to you by the fine folks at The Acoustic Shop. Some fine people over there. Have you guys ever heard of a mandolin? <laughs> if so, you should already be in the car driving to The Acoustic Shop. If not, you should be on the World Wide Web searching up theacousticshop.com. If the answer is no, then you should go listen to a mandolin, then get back to step one and continue through the rest of the steps. As always, please drive safely. Speaking of that, the IBMA experience that we did, we created, um, does go back to that larger industry. We learned a lot from NAM on that side of things. 
Nam is always, I mean, they, they get it. The industry gets it. I think their expectations are out of whack as, as, uh, as suppliers. I think their expectations were, you know, having more POs at the time when they need to understand that it's more about that experience about showing off and showing sure. up at these giant booths that amaze and wow us and the customers and say, wow, that's a great corporation. Do that's you think it company. got out of hand where the, the, the pomp of the booths became so expensive that it became, they're all competing with each other. And now if you take a step back, you look like you're not doing as well, but it, it got expensive. Like some of those, those manufacturers are spending, you know, half a million dollars to attend NAM when they build the booth, get all their staff a, out there. I, by one of our vendors, I was given a, Note that they believe that they have spent over $1 million on that convention alone between uh, staffing and the building of that product and what it costs to just be there. It's all union, so you got to get all the stuff sure. built by the union there, and it's not cheap. And again, I, I, this goes back, though, to, again, what are your expectations? How far can you make this go? And and not just, you know, I I get your idea of, I got to go in there and be the best. But what does that actually mean? I I will tell you this. One thing that I that you know kind of backs you or steps back a little bit from where you're talking about, those big huge booths and all that stuff were all amazing and did stuff, but some of our finest products that we ever had and our biggest uh talking points for the year were some of the little booths that just showed up and just did something that grabbed our attention. One, and that was that is your point but did it in a way that was cost effective and and also just you came up with a product you were able to show us what it was and we came home going wow that was really cool yeah. i want to be part of that it's something we didn't talk about when we said all the benefits we got from nam even our point of sale system we use rain point uh, rain pos was a small 10 by 10 booth at nam but they were just showcasing and it brought all the people that might like their product into one space so that as you're walking by they say hey have you seen our product and so, yeah, a lot, not a huge expense There's on their part. There's levels to everything. To be, uh, let me be clear. <laughs> I'm not I saying wish you would. I'm not saying that a small brand that that builds custom guitars should buy a booth the size of Sure microphones. That's that's ridiculous. But if you're competing with larger brands, Sure microphones sure. needs to build a giant booth because they need to create that excitement brand awareness and marketing. But again, I think that. Can- but. Do on better your, for the consumers yeah, too. Yeah, and then your, ben, your your argument of the Rain POS system. We also sat down with a guy who brought a stool and used the backdrop that Nan provided him and offered a kind of janky example of his system. Yeah. And we didn't go with him because the one system seemed better and they marketed it better. And for they, a second there, I thought you said a guy that brought us stool. And I was like, <laughs> samples, samples of his stool. No, but. There, it, there are Gross. levels. There are levels to this, and there's sure. always been levels. Is at Nam. There, I mean, when so, you go into the acoustic guitar area, there are people like um, Deering who build their own booth. They go through their effort. Sure, they always have a good looking booth, and it is. It shows their wares Classy. really well. Um, uh, McPherson always had a good backdrop and a nice display of great guitars. Mm. Um, there's, I mean, but then there's also some guys that show up and refuse to do anything now, and and. The, the, I think the that one is that an really absolute masterful mistake yeah. of anything of an industry. Uh, and that was one thing that happened this year, yeah. this last year say. for the NAM convention, because everybody was scared to come back and put any money back into the uh, convention. A lot of major brands came up with these little uh, conversation booths and all this stuff. And I get it. There was this worry who's going to attend, who isn't, 
But again, you can't play that game when you're dealing with an industry. You need to be a leader or you need to be a follower. And if you're going to be a follower, uh, if you're going to do know, it, do it all the way. That's sure. what we always subscribe to. And I, you know, I don't want to call out brands, but Callings was one that was really disappointing. We love going to Callings booth every year. We, we are not Callings dealers, but we love their instruments. We love going. And they generally, sure. years past, have put up a great booth. Even more so, Dario, you know, that Dario, exactly. industry leader, but they have basically you are said, calling out the booth. I wasn't yeah. going to call out industry. They basically but. said, you know, <laughs> we were already selling more than we've ever sold before. The expense is so high. We don't see a reason that we should attend it anymore. And I think it, it could be short-sighted where, where if you're not there, then people forget to pay attention to you. They're, they're going to pay attention to the people that are in front of them putting on the parade. And um, it's, I, I think Nam, maybe if we're also going to call it somebody, Nam should have been more uh, forward thinking coming out of COVID where they couldn't do a convention, doing a virtual convention, then trying to get people to come back again, not knowing what the attendance would be, but not, adjusting the price and the cost exactly. of the booths. I think it was a major mistake. It should have been, if you sign up now, we'll give you next year half price, or we'll do half price now if you sign up for next year. They need to, to make to sure they get those people back in they there. They do need to reach out to the, because there is become this animosity, and I don't, That's we're not in industry. that let's, though, let's, let's step, step, step back from NAM. I mean, Nam, stepping back, please, Nam's, going forward. <laughs> NAM's easy to kind of talk about, because that is one of our next big moves, and we know what this industry, and right now that's where, our heads are well, it's the really, first one coming up yeah. this year also. So uh, we're yeah. so, focused. But that said, now I lost my point. I don't have a Please point. Please take now, a step Jeremy. back, John, from the microphone. <laughs> I'd like to the back. point I'd like to make, um, going back to this last year at NAM and the fact that we were disappointed. That's what I think this all comes back to, that marketing side of things. We as a business and as these retailers come in, we've discussed with other retailers that are in the same boat. We use NAM and they're showing at NAM as a tool to sell their instruments. And even Callings, we always film at Callings because we love their instruments. We don't sure. sell them. But but as content creators and marketers online, NAM is a definite tool for us. It's something we spend money. We, we take at least five employees uh, out, spend the entire week, pay for all those expenses, and there's a return we get for that. But when these businesses... But it's never been a direct return. No, no, obviously not. Never. But there's a reason for it. And when these businesses don't show up, in, and show us their things, and we have no way to create content, it really is detrimental to our business. Well, not it, in the fact that we're, It allowed the ones that did show up to be, again, front of mind, and we spent yeah. more time focusing on those. But, it, you know, it, the same thing, it, it's a multifaceted thing. We spend quite a bit to get our entire staff out there to film the content. We, we bring that to our, our following and our fans. They get to watch live streams. They get to watch the video we make afterwards. Um, but we also get our staff invigorated and anytime we come back from any of these mm -hmm. conventions doesn't matter if it's nam ibma spigma um we're getting ready to go to Merlefest this year winfield it really kind of reinvigorates us why we're in this because you can you can easily be in your little fishbowl and your little oh, yeah. market and forget you know there's all these other ideas there's all this competition out there it's like if you had a football team that never played outside of their own hometown wouldn't see the other competition wouldn't see the other stadiums sure. wouldn't get excited to play the game on a regular basis it gets to be old and routine. So we still get something out of it, but it's so, it was disappointing that some of the people we were like, hey, guys, you wait till you see these guys there. Or you wait till you see this one. Just decided not to show up this year. And we off every single one of these industries, from the naysayers, they always go, oh, it's politics. There's so much politics involved. And you just got to put some of that aside. No, anything, any group of people that has more than three, there's going to be some kind of politicking involved. But it's more about what you remember what they're there for, 
NAM in particular is for the retail industry, music retail industry. IBM is for bluegrass, big one for more of the preservation of the old bluegrass. They all have the reasons for existing. And if you kind of play in that court, you can get a lot out of it. And, you know, if you're going to just be, well, they, they looked me over this year, so it's all politics. You're and never going to be part of the, the team. I think I was right in the beginning of this conversation. I want to go. Of course let's, you do. Let, let's, let's go back. It's back and, when you said you had five kids. Yes. No, I want to say the expectations is what we need to look at. I think conventions rise all ships, as, we, as they say, right? Uh, rising tide sinks all boats. Yes, yeah, something it. of that aspect. No, but honestly, we're on the boat together. Those conventions do a lot to bring up the industry as a whole. Sure. There's there's awareness. There's marketing opportunities. There's sales opportunities. But the overall thing is it invigorates your industry. That I mean, that's all that they're there for. They're there for all the communication, the the, uh, the getting to know each other, the the personal relationships. So it brings up the industry as a whole. And if you go in there expecting that you will gain personally, directly, and immediately from this convention, you're doing it wrong. Sure. I get that. Uh, and also to fall in this, I, I want to give a little bit of a, you know, the those booth, uh, I guess the uh, take exhibitors. I'm going to take a step back. The exhibitors and an argument that they had, and I already had the answer, and I know what your guys' answer is going to be too, but to put the argument out there, the cost of it got so high I was forced to, you, you, you know, you've already said, the idea here is to come out here, create your spectacle, your whatever you can, but the cost of it got so high, we just don't feel like it's there. And if we take a step back, it has, is actually going to hurt us more than it would to not show up at all, which has been said, and I've heard multiple people put that argument out there. I have, a re, I have an answer for it, but I'm curious to see what you guys think of, uh, what's the solution for that? Uh, I say be reasonable. Understand that, yes, you may have to do it on a smaller scale, but you can still create the same buzz on a smaller scale. Be creative. You, yeah, be creative. And you can, I, I just don't, I don't understand the argument that, you know, I'm just not going to do it this year. You have to do it. It's an, an ex, uh, it's an expense. And if, you know, unless the market in your industry is crashing, which that is not their argument right now, their argument is, we're doing so great, we don't have to do it. That was said that, so multiple times. That makes no sense to me because if you're doing so great, that means you should continue the ball rolling and try to grow it even more. Um, so I just don't, that argument makes no sense to me whatsoever. Do it within your means. Like I said, there are levels to this that there are, you know, NAM isn't just for the multi-billion dollar corporations, obviously. But you could still make a spectacle and do the marketing correctly on a small scale. Well, my argument for it is even more than that. Bigger is not always better. I mean, we did a big booth when we came to IBMA this year, and we did bigger than ever before. But, man, was there a lot of planning to try to figure out how can we do this on the smallest scale we possibly can and still get our point across well, let's make and that, not waste Let's make that comparison. That's so what I, years ago what at IBMA, we were a struggling band. We were making very little as a band, but we still showed up in NAM as new or at IBMA as a new band, and we made a spectacle. We did things that people may thought would be cheesy or whatever, but we showed up. We worked with our our record label to create Chapstick as giveaways, and we Get gave it, it to everybody. For the Chapmans. Get it? <laughs> and then the next year, we did we worked with with uh, GHS Strings to create a putting range on sure, in our booth. And it was fun. 
but I that mean, was fun. We, market yourself and then, as, in your within your means. Yeah, right? when we uh, we talked about this before, when we we talked with Becky Bueller, when we did that booth at the uh, IBMA show, where we just set up a basically a reproduction of our website in the booth, which was very very fun and on the cheap. Um, I think something we also forgot to mention that is so important, especially in the manufacturing, but in the band as well of conventions, is a deadline for you to provide some kind of value. Like for manufacturers, Nam was always that. January's coming around. We've got to have a new product by the January show because that's where we get to showcase it. Mm-hmm. Same thing for IBMA was IBMA is coming around. We've got to have a new album release or we've got uh, a new band member to announce or a new band that we put together. IBMA is going to be our big splash where we can, we can introduce ourselves to the community. So missing those conventions, I've seen the stagnation of some of our, our manufacturers where they, they haven't had that pressure of, ooh, NAMM's just around the corner. we got to get this deadline done. And some of these things that they announced two years ago still haven't happened yet because they just didn't have that, that deadline beating them over the head saying, we've got to get this done by the NAMM show. And to that point, the, the brand awareness is, is going away too because, I mean, look at on a smaller scale, the bluegrass industry. We just came back from Spigma. There's a lot of bands that were staples at Spigma that I missed this year. And I was not only, it really makes you think, well, what are they doing? Where are they? I haven't heard anything from them. But also right? the personal relationships. We, I mean, we didn't get to see any of our friends there that generally were going there every year. I saw a lot of my friends. I saw friends. a lot of friends. But <laughs> Some friends. Were a lot there. of the friends that we, were, we, we would like to see. And the sure. same thing with Ivy May last year. That Very disappointing that and we that. don't see these. We know they're great bands. We know they're great, you know, top tier bands but they just don't show up and it's it's not fun for anybody so i pose the question uh one more time are conventions dead obviously i don't think we think that they're dead we just think that the focus needs to be re uh redone mm-hmm. uh it, it, doesn't that kind of feel like what we can keep coming back to my argument is change your expectations what you expect out of it expect nothing and and, and then be excited when you get something oh, that's terrible advice <laughs> I think it comes down to what, what you put into it, even if you're just attending it. You have a plan. Don't just go there. Yeah, yeah. If you're on, if you're a band, if you're doing a booth, if you're a, a retailer like us, we have scheduled meetings set. We have, all right, we're going to look at this guy's stuff. We're going to look at this guy's stuff. We're going to attend these seminars. Or when we set up our booth at IBMA, we're going to have these bands playing from this hour to this hour. We're going to hopefully do some showcase rooms, some after-hours things. We have a plan to get the most out of whoever's bringing this community together for you. They're giving you an opportunity to do yeah. something. If you're attending it, if you're setting up any of those, but it just depends on what work, you put into work it. Work really hard to get something out of it and, and do as much as get as much as you can out of it. And a, a backwards thing to this uh, for the convention uh, makers, and this is going to fall in every single one of these that we have been to this year. Guys, if you're going to be part of this and you want to be there, Make sure that you recognize you have to support the organizations that made this happen. And I, I, I am kind of getting tired of listening to whether – I don't care. We've mentioned three major conventions that we've dealt with regularly, uh, Spigma, IBMA, NAM. Every single one of them has a group of people who are going there that feel like they are being taken advantage of by that. And I'm not going to say that there isn't some of that happening, but guess what? Those organizations all feel like you guys are taking advantage of them too and not recognizing the work and energy it takes to come in there. So by being there, if you want to get the most out of your business, 
while you're there, you need to make sure that you're supporting the overall organization that is putting that on. Because guess what, guys? It's not all about you. And again, I think there's the biggest takeaway from this whole deal is it's not all about you. That when we talk about the consumers, it's not all, you know, that's a that's a focus that each one of those need to have. It's not all about sales purchases. It's not all about as a retailer about you. It has to be about that community because it that's what conventions are all about a community thing, and you know it, it also has to be supported by the organization because that's what's going to kill these. Uh, every single one of these conventions that has died has been because nobody supported the organization that actually made it come together feeling like it was only about their success while mm-hmm. they were there. Yep. So what is our conclusion? Um, what was the question again? Yeah. What? Sorry, what where are we? <laughs> I agree. Uh, conventions are a necessary thing. They're very helpful for our business. Overall, we've made the best out of all these conventions we discussed and festivals. Well, we didn't already, even get into that. We've but. already got our tickets for a NAM, uh, Merle Fest. We're going to... Uh, IBM Megan, we're planning on Spigma, Winfield. Winfield. I mean, we're we're taking this to another level because we see a lot of value out of it. Yeah. So I would encourage people that are questioning it to reevaluate how you're approaching it and uh, can reconsider of, it. Put a lot of effort in. Give give it one more chance. Put tons of effort into it. Don't just show up and say, "Come to me." Go out there, be involved, get involved with the organizations, do as much as you can, and I, I imagine you'll see a return. Well, and and in your return, also uh, recognize that it may not be the return that you thought it was going to be. We've gone to multiples of these conventions going, this is what our focus is going to be. This is where we're going to be. And those succeeded. But man, almost every single one of them had an alternative uh, success of some sort. Whether, you know, we went to this last one thinking that we were going to sell a lot of retail stuff. And yet we ended up actually making more connections with some of the people that were our uh, customer base and actually created better relationships with a customer base that we kind of knew would be there, but really didn't recognize how much that was going to be beneficial to have a hands-on face-to-face conversation with the people that we weren't necessarily, you know, jumping uh, down there to go deal with. So I think the biggest oversight here is we didn't mention all the free tchotchkes. Chotskis, yeah, you have filled bags full of stuff with these things. I got man. water bottles and <laughs> stuff that's been sitting in my closet too. for three or four years now, but I was so excited to take home with me. I, I, I have to say, conventions, uh, t-shirt collecting can be the greatest thing in the whole world until you recognize that you have t-shirts from every company that you don't even know what the companies are. That's especially Johnny keeps getting he keeps getting medium size. I don't know why I'm <laughs> doing those shirts, but for the future. I see that. <laughs> someday, uh, someday I'm going to fit this. I still got jeans sitting in my closet right now that uh, that so outdated, And uh, but someday I'm going to fit back into that. On next week's podcast, should you get rid of clothes that don't fit? Yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with, should you get rid of clothes that are 20 to 30 years old now? Definitely because- <laughs> not. That's my collection. Like His shopping. entire wardrobe is full at, of it. At what age can you not wear jeans with holes in them? <laughs> <laughs> they start to have their own holes that weren't there when I bought them. Yeah, not in the crotch, I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, I think this has been a productive discussion. Has it? Uh, for really? the acoustic shop knows things. Yeah. I think we're experts. We've just proven that. Really? Everybody, I, Nam, our thank, opinions. You can thank us for the new attendance records that are going to be set Nam, this year. Nam, and Spigma, yeah. and CES. I think we changed CES, their view. absolutely. Uh, and 
Have you guys seen some of those concrete conventions they do? Those are wild. Yeah, those the are new concrete stamps and products. Yeah, yeah. Industrial. I, I mean, how about those? How, we didn't talk about home shows and all the. This is this is an opportunity for these people. Look, don't give them up. I fi- I find them to all be interesting. I, I want to go back to a point. Okay, <laughs> let's 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 go back. Let's do this. Conventions say, are important. Back, I've got I got my tuxedo rental. From a from a wedding convention, oh my I got. Uh, what else did we get from? I, I basically filled out my whole list of wedding things in one convention here in Springfield. So they are important. Hey, I, I think that's a one time purchase in most cases. Yes, and probably be three or four. This may before. fall more of what I said too. I as the to consumers, um, think about this: How would our kids be? Two conventions came to town that our kids, uh, mine and Jeremy's especially. Uh, I think yours probably too. Rock convention. How much money did we spend? We're not talking the music. We're talking about minerals. <laughs> minerals, yes. Uh, rocks. <laughs> Very good. Uh, my daughter's huge collector of uh, crystal uh, rocks and various different formations. I didn't spend that Your much kids? money that day. My dad did. <laughs> <laughs> he was enjoying buying things for grandkids. And then the one that I really didn't expect was I went to a reptile convention oh boy. and ended up with a chameleon. Uh, it, uh, See? This stuff... This stuff has value. It just, you got to figure out what it is. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> uh, conventions are important. Don't give them up, guys. And if make you haven't them, got a chance to attend some of them, definitely do it on yeah. all, whatever side of it you're on. You're going to enjoy it. Like that, I've been made just seeing some of the celebrities walk around. It's so funny. Speaking of the Billy String showed up and was jamming in the yeah, lobby. Exactly. People go home with that, having experienced something guys, that you wouldn't have got without that convention coming together. I got together. to see, at NAM. I got to see Stevie Wonder one year. That was awesome. I got to see Joe Walsh one Vic year. Wooten. Victor Wooten. Doyle. Doyle. Yes. <laughs> there you go, Liz. Some guys from Slipknot. <laughs> I've seen so many different... Sl- I had my photo taken with uh, the lady that was in the Nashville TV show. I forget so important her name. That you know her. <laughs> and the products. There's amazing products we would never even get to put our hands on. That, that were and there. people get to shake hands with me. Exactly. Um, <laughs> we're celebrities. And we're experts at everything. Attend a convention and meet the Chapmans. There you go. Oh, my God. Anyway. We just got our new booth. Again, we digressed. Um, we thank you for listening to yeah. the podcast. Hope you got something valuable and out of that. Obviously. Uh, Obviously they did. Yeah. And we will be now back. You again. guys know something. We're going to be back for another episode where we uh, know something or we, know someone. Can we change it to the Chapmans are extremely opinionated and have. <laughs> it's too long. They won't let us put that as a headline, but that'll be the subtitle. All right. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, whoever has listened this long, we uh, thank you. And uh, thank you, listener. When we applaud you. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Mystic Shop knows people. Handmade by Trent Pruitt, Hinkley Hinkleston, and Jason Chapman for the Acoustic Shop. Theme song written and performed by Ofra Corey. And please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.